Welcome to the 16th episode of the Building You Podcast. Today is a solo episode, so if you stick through the end, you either like my voice or you're one of my parents, either of which I thank you for in advance or in the past if you get my drift. It's a video episode, so if you like to read lips or captions, head on over to the Building You Podcast dot com forward slash ep 16 and you can watch this episode a quick podcast update for those who are interested if you're not hopefully you know where the skip forward button is i just finished building this new studio before this happened i recorded a grand total of one episode before covid19 hit hard so I'm going to put that episode out here pretty soon, but I was really expecting to use more of this studio to have people in the Seattle area in the software engineering field, friends of mine, acquaintances come in and we could do interviews one-on-one, -on -one, but I got a total of one of those in before this happened. It's also Good Friday, so very happy Easter to everybody, and it's been 11 episodes since my last solo endeavor which I love because I could introduce you to so many great guests and thought leaders at the same time. You know, I wish I could do this more often. And I thought Easter was a great time to stop, to take a pause. I'm also going to offer a prayer at the end. This is something that's not normal for me and it's not the purpose of this podcast. So it's not going to be in the regular spot, but after the episode's over, I'm going to offer a prayer for Easter. If you're interested or curious, stick around. You'll hear that after the show. In episode five, we talked to Jean Seeley. She talked about what it's like to be a woman in technology and what those privacy settings at the Windows installer really mean. It makes you wonder with all of these high-tech devices in our home, like my Alexa, which I unplug before every recording, who's listening and what they're listening to. In episode six, I introduce you to Todd Ward, who talked to us about DevOps and a special book called The Unicorn Project. The Unicorn Project talks about the next level after the Phoenix Project of DevOps. So DevOps being that concept of development and IT working together for a common good. I haven't, if you haven't already, take a look at the Unicorn Project, pick it up and start reading because I plan to have Todd back on the show and we'll talk about this book. In episode seven, I brought you Ross Hughes. He's an agile and leadership coach and one of my favorite classes that I attended in 2019. He did not disappoint. If you take one thing away from his episode, it's focus on outcomes versus outputs. A grid or a page, a report, those are outputs. A customer being able to do something is an outcome. So this is a very, very important differentiation, which it took me 20 years to find somebody to really tell me about this, but I would highly encourage you to focus on the outcomes of your product, the solutions, the value that it adds versus the rote outputs of the user story. Get a little bit big picture versus the myopic look. 
in episode eight, I brought you Bertram Lansico. Now, he talked about what it's like to be on the other side of the table. Bertram is a recruiter, so he's looking for top talent, but he's also placing that top talent at organizations that are looking for those people. And as a recruiter, he promises me he does not sell Amway, but he talks a lot about opportunities. Great guy. He really changed my outlook. Recruiters don't take away money from your final settlement offer, your final wage. They can generally add or increase that. And for free, they can give you some of those great options to improve your resume and help you sell yourself to a future employer. In episode nine, I brought you Grant Asplund. He's one of my early mentors, and we talk about perseverance and success. Not your usual stuff for a software engineering podcast, but it's a great episode, and it's really especially important during this strange and uncertain time to talk about perseverance and grit and picking yourself up by your bootstraps and really making something out of lemons. I really jokingly say that if I had one of my friends that could turn lemons into a worldwide lemonade conglomerate, it would be Grant. He also runs the Talking Cloud podcast. So check it out on Google. Just type in Talking Cloud podcast. You'll find him. It's a great listen. Episode 10 brought you Jeff Tillett and a conversation about instructional design. We're continuously learning, and to do that effectively, you need great content and to learn your personal learning style. Jeff talks about teaching machine learning over at Amazon, and we have a fun chat about the dot-com days that we both survived through. And then on to episode 11. Episode 11 brought you Jason Langstorff. He's the man in the myth behind learnwithjason.dev, and my personal Twitter hero. He's an incredibly smart principal software architect who also happens to be a great cook and a cool dude. Before you get too swamped by your own career, get on his newsletter at langstorff.com and knock yourself down a few pegs before you then build yourself back up in the right way. He's been to the mountaintop and back he can tell you what is real and what isn't. Episode 12, you met Ned Roxon. He's my personal interviewing rock star. If I had to bring another person into the interviewing room with me, it would be Ned. He's fortunate enough to be doing consulting now, but he's got an incredible website at nedroxon.com and a wonderful outlook on interviewing. So I personally encourage you to listen to that episode. Episode 13 was Avik Das. Ironically, a friend and colleague of Ned's, but also the brains behind HiringForward.Tech, a newsletter about tech hiring that publishes weekly. Avik works at LinkedIn and is killing it already on his newsletter with over 5,000 subscribers in just the first few weeks. Episode 14 and 15 were a two-part episode of Roundtable Interview with Avik, Bertram, and Ned. Other than nearly causing my iMac to lift off the desk and catch fire, simultaneously encoding four HD video streams over Skype, 
it brought some great content and two episodes that should not be missed. We just started to talk about COVID-19 and what it's going to mean to hiring. So that catches you up to today when I'm recording episode 16 on Good Friday, 2020. So just a reminder, all proceeds for 2020 from this podcast are going to those impacted by the coronavirus. Now, I don't know what that charity will be today. It's not much. It's about a penny per episode listen, but it's the best that I could do. And I want to pick the right charity using Charity Navigator, using all those sites that are going to allow me to pick something that's going to give the best value for the money. We're in week four of coronavirus up here. My wife was one of the first people in line at Costco. We have a lot of kids and we have some people that are high risk in our family. So we said, you know what? It just makes sense for us to start to socially isolate. And she told me about all the dirty glares she got at Costco when she rolled that cart with all of the non-perishable food up. And luckily she got in there early. She looked crazy back then. But now all of those people are probably kicking themselves. So we've got a 30-day supply of food for seven people. And I ain't going to lie, it's been very interesting being at home with all these people. So it's just before Easter, a season of family and togetherness. I'm going to offer a prayer at the end, which again is entirely voluntarily. And like I said, something I'm not used to. But if you're willing to stick with it with me, I'm going to try it out at the end of the show. And I just celebrated my 41st birthday over a Zoom call, <laughs> which wasn't all that bad. I do have to tell you, though, when Buffalo Wild Wings calls their sauce wild, doesn't mean it's just really yummy. It means it's two times hot. One on the way in and one on the way out. Something I've warned you about now. Just want to point that out. Today, I really want to talk about mentors, mentorship, and one of the best pieces of advice that I was ever given early in my career. So this is one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten, and it came from a person, David Carnes, who was the VP of development at the time at our organization. Now, he's since moved on to be a VP at a competitor of ours, but... I still value the knowledge and I still value the insight nonetheless, and I want to thank him for it. As a very young architect, I was really good at writing really long emails, especially if I was really passionate about something. If I really thought it was the way we should go, longer the email would come out. I loved logic. I thought if I could put down the better argument, why wouldn't they go with my choice? Why don't people get me? I was really high on smarts, but low on soft skills. Like life, business is not fair. The best superficial choice doesn't always win. You'll hear the words like fully burdened labor rate or CapEx budget, and you'll ignore them. David helped dispel this rumor for me very quickly. He told me, to question the business value of a decision. Now, what's the value of a dollar bill? Well, in 1975, it was one five hundredth of an ounce of gold. And when we got rid of the gold standard in 1976, before I was born, you'll hear people talking about breaking into Fort Knox because that's where all the gold was stored. 
That was what was the value behind this piece of paper. So what's the value of your great idea? I want to use Angular 8 for our next project, and I have a hundred reasons why. Now, the reasons might be good if they point to business value. I'm really good at it is a personal value or benefit and may not be a business value. I'm really good at bowling, but that doesn't mean my employer needs to get out of the healthcare business and start building bowling lanes. Technology lifecycle management. That's another thing you may hear about from architects, directors, and other VPs. This is how that cool new framework that you just heard about that you're really into is going to interact with other business systems. Once you're long gone in the company, those are the people that are going to have to support that decision. You may really be in a JSON right now when your company has barely adopted XML. In healthcare, XML isn't as standard as you might think. One of my future guests, Stephen G. Pope, SGP Consulting, asked a really good question about this on how did you choose your technology stack? So think about that. Did you choose it because it was the best technology for what you need to do right now? Was it whatever was in place at the time? Is it whatever you had licensing for? Was it was already there or what we knew how to build with the people that we had? Now, again, those are all value judgments that you made when picking that technology. I want to recount to you an interesting story about the gold watch. It's an interesting parable, and there's many different versions online. But the general story goes like this. A father, before he died, said to his son, This is the watch that your grandfather gave me, and it's more than a hundred years old. Before I give it to you, I want you to go to the watch shop on First Street and tell him I want to sell it. See how much they'll offer you for it. The son went to the watch shop as his father asked. About 30 minutes later, he came back to his father and said, the watchmaker offered me $5 because he said that it's too old and has too many scratches. His father then asked him to go to the coffee shop for some reason. The son went to the coffee shop and after an hour or so he returned, the coffee shop owner offered me $5 as well, father. Now go to the museum and show the watch to the curator. He reluctantly went to the museum, but when he came back, this time, he was very happy. They offered me a million dollars for this timepiece. I wanted you to see that when you're in the right place, people will value you. You're always in control of where you end up. If you stay where you're not valued, it's completely your fault. Now, that's a really interesting story. But it's just an interesting parable about the value of something. Now, I manage products written in Cold Fusion, an over 20-year-old dying language written from the Allaire brothers, to another application which is written in XBAP, XAML browser application that can't print without elevated permissions, to modern-day cloud-based Angular 8 applications. Each of them was the right choice at the time. 
So that's my point is question the business value of anything. Don't get in a pedantic argument about some philosophical thing. Look at your organization and question the business value. You may find out that you may not be right in what you're suggesting. Another interesting thing about this is looking at value in an organization in just pure, simple dollars. So if your product sells for a million dollars a year, let's say you have a wonderful product, it sells and people buy it for a million dollars a year. There's a thing called revenue recognition. You may hear that talked about in your organization. If a product takes six months to be implemented, you don't get paid for those six months of that million dollar sale. So if you sold that product for a million dollars and that's the revenue net yearly revenue of the product, you won't get that million dollars if it takes you six months. Now, if your idea or your change of implementation can knock that in half down to three months, that value is $250,000 because of revenue recognition. So that's another really important thing to think about when you're talking about value. Another interesting story I had was about an issue I had with monitoring. Now we had provided a medical endpoint where claims were sent through and very much similar to a credit card processing. And we had been monitoring our system. We had 15 minute monitoring that would monitor it at 15 minute intervals. It would send a synthetic in and it would tell us if the system was up or down. The problem was our customer had one minute monitoring. So we'd be down for a total of about eight minutes before the phone would ring and the customer would call us and tell us we were down and our monitoring would still show bright green because it hadn't hit the next interval. So we'd be down for a total of at least eight minutes. And I lobbied and I lobbied and lobbied for faster monitoring and our IT department would say no. In the end, we all got on a phone call and the VP of IT at the time asked his folks what it would take to go to one minute monitoring like the customer had. They said $14. And that VP said $14 per minute was an incredible amount of money to monitor an endpoint. And there was no way we could possibly go to one minute monitoring at that price. Did I know how many minutes there were in a month? Then his IT lackey spoke up and said, actually it's $14 per month more. And the silence on the call was what I like to call the pregnant pause. If you ever get in the situation, don't say anything. The VP said, I spent more than that on lunch today. Upgrade us to one minute monitoring. This call's over. And we moved on. So value is relative. In this case, the cost of going to one minute monitoring was perceived as an incredibly high cost with little value. In fact, the opposite was true. For a fraction of a penny per test, we could be as informed, if not better, than our customer and proactively start to fix system issues. So before you get bent out of shape that people aren't listening to you, that they aren't valuing your suggestion, Try to reframe your idea in terms that are important to the business, business value. The business value of backups are zero. 
and tell your MySpace, which lost years of people's history due to a technology mess up recently that you can read about on Google. But I wanted to share this with you on episode 16 of the Building You podcast, just so you can hear about some of the things that I've learned throughout my career that have stuck with me and have been very valuable to me when I'm learning or talking about new ideas. So tune in next time when I'm going to talk about the power of the pivot. This is something I've been using recently and it can be incredibly valuable to you. So thanks again for listening. And now I want to talk to you about prayer. So religion is a very personal thing. I know even though I believe in Jesus, many of you don't. For the first 38 years of my life, I saw the works, but I didn't believe. Now I realize that all that is good comes from him. During this strange time, though, I will offer a prayer and encourage you to explore. Ask the tough questions. Find somebody to study with. The Bible is not a book you just pick up like a programming textbook and you read through directly. You get a lot of so-and-so, begot so-and-so, begot so-and-so. It's really meant to be studied and worked in groups. So if you have somebody that you know that you can talk to and you're curious, I would encourage you. So here is my prayer. Jesus, this Easter, which is the celebration of your resurrection, you have risen as promised. Please give peace to those who are going through tough times. Give comfort to those who have passed on to be with you and your father from this horrible virus. People often look to blame you for letting these things happen, but be with those who doubt. Be with those who don't have the strength or conviction to trust in what they can't see. We don't see the air we breathe, but we breathe it in anyway. Be that unseen force and guide those doctors who are making decisions for patients. Be that extra bit of energy that the scientists and researchers are frantically searching for during a cure for this menace on earth and help those in their unbelief, those who may not know you directly and may be curious. Like I was, we are all very analytical to a vault. We believe in ones and zeros and what is in front of us and that we can prove be the noise in the signal until you drowned out everything else. Be that curious aberration that we can no longer ignore the itch that we can't scratch. Give them the wisdom to find you and make them beacons in this dark time around the globe to be your good and faithful servants in Jesus name. Amen. And thank you for listening to episode 16 of the building you podcast. And I'll see you back here next week for episode 17.